This is Brain Diet, episode number 79. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Today, we are talking about when your reward for exercising is a treat. Today, I am talking to my cookie athletes out there. (laughs) I remember as a kid, I think we had a neighbor or uh, I don't even remember the specific details, but there was someone that I think had a blog that talked about cookie athletes that you train and work hard so that you can eat cookies. And that was kind of the inspiration for today's episode was I had that memory of them calling themselves cookie athletes. I don't know if that's actually a common term that people use, but for the sake of today's episode, cookie athletes, people that work out so that they can eat treats or cookies, whatever that might mean for you. It can also apply in the sense of the thought, well, I worked out today so I can eat this. So if you've ever had that thought, oh, because I worked out today, I can totally eat this, whatever this is for you, whether it's a treat or something else. It doesn't really matter what the food is, but if you've had that thought, then this episode today is for you. I also want to say, I am not saying if you exercise that you can't have treats. So I want you to stay with me. I will address that at the end of the episode. Um, That's an important piece to all of this. I just want to go into the mentality of it all and explain to you what's going on and a little bit of a perspective on it that might give you some additional information to work with as you assess your fitness goals and as you pursue them. Where I want to start first is rewards. The idea of rewards as it relates to the brain, because we need to understand the brain to get some context into this whole cookie athlete idea. Oh, I worked out so I can eat this. Our brain behaves. It offers thoughts in order to receive a reward. It wants to complete a neural pathway. It's very satisfying for the brain when that happens. Otherwise, it would never repeat an activity. We eat food because we get a dopamine reward, because our brain is rewarded when we eat. The dopamine reward is different and has varying levels depending on the food that we're eating, think apple versus sugar cookie, for example, the dopamine is there, but the levels of it vary depending on the food. Regardless, when we eat, we get rewarded for it. There is a pleasure center that kind of lights up. If we didn't have that, we would have no motivation to eat. Therefore, we would have no motivation to survive. The same goes for sex. We have sex because we receive pleasure. If we didn't get any sort of pleasure from sex, we really wouldn't have any reason to do it because procreation wouldn't be reward enough to motivate us to do it in the first place. Even in simpler terms, we turn on a light switch repeatedly because we get light in a room. I think of when our power goes off and still without fail, I will walk into a room and flip the switch. It is almost mindless. Even when I'm thinking as I'm walking into the room, okay, we're out of power. We, it's not going to do anything if I turn the switch on my hand still goes for it. And no matter how conscious I am about it, the not going for the light switch feels very wrong. It's like, but wait a minute, my brain wants to argue. If you do this, you get rewarded. If you flip this switch, you get light in a room. Isn't that interesting? 
This is also true for things like gum. I was reading chewing gum. I was reading a story, a study about chewing gum. Apparently, it's been around for quite some time and wasn't popular until Wrigley, I believe it was, added flavor and freshness to it. So as soon as people saw that, oh, if I chew this gum, I get the reward of flavor in my mouth and freshness of my breath, then sales started to skyrocket. People noticed that when they instituted this behavior, it was rewarded with something, no matter how small. The brain keeps tabs on those things. The same is true for toothpaste or mouthwash. We are more likely to use it for the same reason, because we get some sort of payoff, some sort of reward, fresh breath, tingling sensation in your mouth, whatever it might be that you get from those things. I think even soap lathering is a reward, right? The brain is very satisfied when soap lathers. And so that's why they started to invent soaps that do that because it is not as satisfying to our brain if they don't lather up and we want to increase our hand washing. And anyway, there was a whole science behind it. It was really fascinating. But the point is our brain behaves in order to receive a reward. So feeling successful or satisfied is an indication to our brain that the behavior paid off and was worth the effort. So whatever we do, our brain is asking, is this going to be worth the effort? Because if it's not, I don't want to do it again. If I'm not going to be rewarded for this, I don't want to do this again. When it comes to exercising, it would be nice if just doing something to take care of ourselves was reward enough just by trying to, you know, pursue good health and to take care of our heart and to nurture our bones or I don't know, you know, those long-term health benefits that you get from exercising. It would be nice if that was enough. But in reality, behaviors are only worthwhile to our brain if they've provided us with something. So if you are someone that is new to exercise or have tried to develop exercise habits and you haven't stuck with them, it could be because in the beginning of developing exercise habits, you get no rewards, at least not significant and noticeable ones, at least not at the same level as you would from chewing gum and instantly getting freshness or eating a sugar cookie and instantly getting that dopamine hit, right? With exercise, the rewards are more long-term and not as significant and noticeable. So even when you've exercised long enough to reap the benefits of it, that reward still might not compare to other rewards that your brain gets from certain behaviors. So that is why exercise can be difficult to stick with is because there are no immediate rewards that are noticeable enough and significant enough for our brain to say, that was worth the effort. I want to do that again. So knowing this to be true, it would make sense to use this information to create rewards in order to teach the brain the benefit of the behavior. So this is where our brain might rationalize the idea of immediate reward in the form of food. This idea comes up, it's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not getting a reward otherwise. So what if I reward myself in this way? I know for sure that eating this food is going to give me a reward. It's like I exercised nothing came from it. So let's get some dopamine from this treat here. <laughs> but when we do this, well, and frankly, let me back up. I do think that there is legitimacy in finding a reward for our efforts. But when we use food as a reward in this context, it creates some conflict within us. So that's kind of what I want to break down. 
So we have to look at two different versions of us. The first is the short-term version. The short-term version of you, who do you want to be now in this moment? And then there is the long-term version of you. Who do you want to be in the future? So if your reward for exercising is eating treats, think ice cream or donuts or cookies or cake or, or whatever, even food in general, if your reward for exercising is extra food in some way, then what you are doing is casting votes for conflicting versions. You are casting votes for conflicting identities between the short-term version of you and the long-term version of you. This reminds me of in the office when the whole crew of employees is trying to lose weight to earn some extra vacation days, right? And it's someone's birthday and Phyllis says, well, we've worked really hard. We should reward ourselves. (laughs) And I just, it's so brilliant. And so they go and hide in the warehouse while they're eating cheesecake, I think it is. And it's just so good. You all know I love the office. But this right there, this type of behavior casts votes for conflicting identities, for conflicting versions of a person. And if there is conflict, the two are, by definition, working against one another, meaning one will be the winner or at least the dominant version, the one that you are operating the most from. The short-term version of us is dictated by our primal brain. We have a part of our brain that is survival focused and all it does is prioritize the present moment. What can I do now that will benefit me now, that will keep me alive, that will give me extra calories to last until tomorrow? This primal brain served a beautiful purpose in getting humanity to where it is today, but our brain hasn't evolved with the way that society has. So our primal brain is still constantly on the lookout of what's going to be rewarded that's going to keep me alive. What is the one thing I can do now, regardless of future consequences, that is going to keep me alive now, that's going to serve me now, that's going to feel good now. And this is where our brain wants to live, right? Just in this like survivalist primal brain, because it's a little bit more automatic and there's not so much forethought and mental energy put forward. The long-term version of us is our prefrontal cortex that part of our brain that has the ability to think towards the future, that has the ability to plan, to set goals, to think, what can I do now that would benefit me in the future, right? So you can see those are two different functions that work very well to create good survival in the moment and good survival in the long term. However, when you have these conflicting identities, that's when it becomes difficult to maintain a habit or to achieve a goal. So when you try to start exercising, this is the part of your brain that is telling you to start exercising. Short-term version, that primal brain is like, no, 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 exercise isn't good. We have to conserve our energy. Long-term version, prefrontal cortex brain is saying, hey, we have to take care of ourselves. So we have to do something hard now for the greater good of ourselves in the future. It is planning for the future self to benefit from a certain behavior now, whether it's, you know, getting stronger, having better sleep, better energy, stronger bones, stronger muscles, lower body fat percentage. I mean, you know, there are so many different things that can happen as a result of exercise down the road. Again, like I said, that isn't necessarily immediate right after you finish a workout. When you live in the long-term version, when you spend most of your time there, which as 
humans, we are the only living things that have this capability to really think toward the future and to think for the benefit of us in the future. So when we can stay in that place of prefrontal cortex, it's easy to see value in taking actions that would have long-term effects. It's easy to be able to see why it would be important to do difficult things now, even if there isn't an immediate reward. But when the moment of decision arrives, instant gratification is loud. That primal brain that again, always lives in the moment and that moment arrives of making a decision, that primal brain is loud. So future you can kind of go out the window because that primal brain that's throwing a tantrum is saying, what reward do I get now for putting in all this effort? Those behaviors that will benefit you down the road, you don't get massive dopamine hits from. Strong bone health doesn't have the same effect on our brain as a sugar cookie. Short-term brain, larger dopamine hits. Meaning if you live in the moment, you eat whatever's in front of you, you don't have a thought for the future or any consequences, and you're eating treats, you do get larger dopamine hits. So it makes sense that in the moment, your brain is going to say, well, we do get a better payoff if we just live in the moment than if we do something different, if we go a different direction. Keeping up on exercising and achieving whatever your desired physical goals will be harder as long as short-term version of you and long-term version of you are in competition. And short-term will almost always win out if you let it. Because again, it's loud. And if we don't have mental skills in place for how to manage that short-term version, manage that primal brain that wants to live in the moment, then it's going to be very difficult to know what to do when in the moment all you want is to eat the cookie. Because of how we are wired, most of us will spend time chasing quick hits of reward and dopamine satisfaction, success, whatever that might mean. We want the quick hits. So it isn't necessarily fair to simply rely on good intentions. Oh, I'll make a good decision when it comes time to make the decision. I don't know that that's always the case because that primal brain can be so loud. That is why we have to utilize our prefrontal cortex. We have to plan ahead. We have to be in the prefrontal cortex space as much as possible and know how to manage our primal brain, know how to relate to our primal brain. What we can do then is align the short-term versions of you and the long-term versions of you. Because if those are working in tandem together to achieve a goal that aligns, it becomes so much easier. We can work to have both versions work in your favor. We just want to make sure that your short-term rewards reinforce your identity rather than conflict with it. For example, if you exercise or do some other form of self-care that might be difficult in the moment, if your reward was a massage, it would be both a luxury and a vote toward taking care of your body or buying a new pair of shoes or treating yourself to a vacation. All of those things could be in line with your goals of taking care of yourself in whatever way that looks for you. So if you find yourself looking for a reward after a workout when you're feeling satisfactionless, this is something you can take into consideration. Is there something that I could reward myself with that is in line with the long-term version of me that I'm trying to achieve by doing this exercise in the first place. What this is, is a balance. We have to work on achieving a balance of aligning those versions, but also delaying gratification. You aren't going to get the rewards of exercise right after a workout. 
Delaying gratification is one of the most powerful things we can do with our prefrontal cortex. The primal brain is like a toddler and that prefrontal cortex is like the adult. And even though the toddler is screaming and throwing a fit, the adult can still be the one to say, hey, I love you. You're safe. I'm here to help you. Don't worry. We're going to be just fine. This is a skill that we have to develop because most of us are used to operating from in the moment primal brain because we've never been taught otherwise. So we have to learn to shift where we are living in our brain, where we are exerting our mental energy, primal brain or prefrontal cortex. Because when we can learn to delay gratification, that's when we can reap the most long-term rewards. But when you are working hard and either not getting the rewards yet or the rewards are small, you are in what I call the river of misery, right? You start at one edge of the river where you are before exercising, where you're not having to do anything hard in order to get to the other side of the river where you get to benefit from whatever is on that side, you have to go through the river and it might be cold and muddy and rocky and hard and awful, but that is the currency to get to the other side where you reap the benefits is to do the hard thing. If you can give yourself aligned rewards in the beginning of the process of exercising, or even starting now, if you've exercised in the past, starting now, if you can give yourself aligned rewards Once you get to the point where you can reap the actual rewards of exercise, then the short-term rewards become not necessarily as relevant. Just the identity of being someone who exercises, that becomes the reinforcer. You do it because it's who you are. Someone who thinks towards the future and is already benefiting because of this. I am in that place for myself. I have done hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of workouts over the last couple of years. And in the beginning, it was hard. It was hard to understand why it was important when I wasn't getting stronger quicker, when I didn't feel like I looked any different that quickly. I had to find ways to reward myself, whether through something tangible or just in the way that I talked to myself. Even the way you talk to yourself can be a reward in and of itself. But I had to work through that and be able to get through that river of misery to get to the other side to really see those long-term rewards that come from exercise and the benefits that come in order to really see for myself that I am a person who exercises. Not because I'm looking for a reward specifically, but because that's who I am. It's part of my identity. So my identity, who I am, is what sustains my habit which is so much deeper than any superficial reward I could offer myself. But it helps to go into developing a new habit, whether it be exercise or otherwise, knowing that you have to go through this river of misery to get to the other side. You have to be willing to do what is hard and delay gratification. Change is easier when it's enjoyable. And in order to make it enjoyable, you have to create those short-term rewards that align with the long-term. Now, this is not to say, like I mentioned earlier, that if you exercise, then you can't eat treats or that you can't do them in tandem, that you can't do both things, that they are in conflict with one another. The conflict is the primal brain versus the prefrontal cortex. Planning is not a function of the primal brain. So if you are planning ahead of time with that prefrontal cortex, thinking for your future self and saying, tomorrow after dinner, I'm going to have a slice of cake. Tomorrow at the birthday party, I am going to have one of the cookies that's there. That is the difference. 
Because when it is done in the moment, it's in response to that primal brain and it isn't thinking toward the long-term version. But when you are planning with a lot of methodical forethought about, okay, what do I want to create? Instead of just being at the effect of my primal brain, what do I want to create for myself? The food that you are eating becomes a totally different experience. Treats, and frankly, any food, can be a part of an exercise program. They can be a part of your life if you want them to. The important thing is how you plan for them, how you eat them, and when you eat them. If it's just in the moment, then there's a little bit of work to do because your brain is still operating on that. Oh, I get rewarded for this. We should just do this right now, no matter what the consequences would be. And in order to create a version of yourself in the future that you want, that has all the things that you want, that is all the things that you want, in order to do that, you have to retrain your primal brain a little bit to let it know, hey, listen, when you freak out like this, you're not going to get rewarded. When you want something so badly in the moment, I'm not going to let you have it. I'm just going to allow that urge, allow that vibration to just kind of pass through my body. But guess what? I can put this on my plan for tomorrow. And when I do, we can eat it. It'll be great. But I'm going to do this with forethought and with intention instead of just living at the effect of this. Aligning your versions of yourself, aligning the short-term version of you with the long-term version of you, this is what develops the identity of that person. This is what actually creates that version of you in the future that you want to be, is to align those versions and not just be someone with two conflicting identities. That's why we stay stuck, is when those identities don't align. So if you consider yourself a cookie athlete or a food athlete or a reward myself with food after I exercise, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, consider what I've told you today and consider what might change if you attempted to align those versions aligned the long-term version with that version of you in the moment and what that might look like for you. Once you do that, it will make the road to that future version of you so much easier and so much more enjoyable. That is all I have for you, everybody. Remember, if you are interested in working with me, you can apply at the link in the show notes. I am taking private one-on-one clients right now. So much good work done in those sessions. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.